everyone and welcome to another Bible study here at One Love Live at Love Walk and I want to thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that God is blessing your life and you are well. Um, so much is going on in the world. I pray that you have the um, the focus of mind to stop in all of the craziness and read your Bible and study it. That is my prayer for you and that you continue to grow in the Word. As you know, guys, we come together to read the Word of God so that we can practically apply it in our lives and also so that we can accomplish the purpose of our lives. And so today we're going to do a study that I think really talks about that and really talks about what it is we're doing. You know, we know that we're a royal priesthood and God has called us for special work. And so we're learning our purpose, we're getting things out of the way so that we can accomplish our purpose, we're finding out what God has called us to be. And one of the things that we have to do is understand who we are. And there's some great parables that are in the Bible that the, the Lord and uses and sometimes the um, disciples use, and it really gives us a window into what it is that we are doing. And one of that, those things is in Second Timothy chapter two and four, and it's really crazy because, you know, I read this verse like I don't even know, and I don't know what a couple of weeks ago, and I've been really meditating on it, and it's really had some great impacts in my life, simply because I'm having a really interesting experience that actually mimics this very thing. I've had this really incredible experience. We're going to have more conversations about it but it really helps me to understand this concept. So we're gonna read in 2 Timothy chapter two, it's verse four. Remember, it's 2 Timothy uh, chapter two, verse four. This is our anchor text. So actually, I'm gonna read a little bit more than just um, you know verse two. I'm actually going to start at verse one, 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1 we're going to start there it says therefore my son be strong in the grace that is in christ jesus and the things that you have heard of me among many witnesses the same commit you to faithful men who shall be able to teach others you therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of jesus christ no man that wars entangles himself with the affairs of this life that he may please him who has chosen him to be a soldier. And I'm gonna read down a little bit more. And if a man also strive for masteries, yet is he not crowned, except he strive lawfully. So the reason I wanted to read that is because I wanna give you a window in into something that we as believers have to understand about our lives, about our purpose, about what we're doing in the earth, even as royal priests. And that is, we are sent here to be in the world, but not of it. And it's hard to understand that concept, but sometimes it's easier if you've ever traveled and gone to another country or you know, visited another place, you'll understand what it means to be in it, but not of it. You are in it, you may understand what's going on, but it doesn't really impact you fully because it's it's not your world and that is what God is trying to get us to see as believers here on earth many believers do not understand that the world that they live in is temporary they become over invested in the things of life the possessions the fame the people 
But God is telling us that we're travelers, we're sojourners, just like Abraham. It says so in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 10. It says that Abraham was looking for, you know, a, a, a city whose builder and maker was God. So that's not going to be here. That's not here. So it's telling us that we are in a process. We're looking for something. We're going somewhere. And to give you some idea that we are, that God has something for us, think about John chapter 14, verse 3. Jesus specifically tells the saints, I go to prepare a place for you. He says, in fact, I wouldn't tell you this is what I'm doing if it were not true. I wouldn't even tell you. So he's telling you, I'm going to prepare a place for you. This is temporary. We have to see the earth as that, the things that are here. Am I telling you not to live? Am I telling you to just go into a monastery somewhere? I'm not going to do that. <laughs> but what I am saying is don't be over-invested in the things of this life. Store up in heaven the things that matter. That's what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 to 20 it tells us don't store up the riches here on earth that the moth and the rust can come in and corrupt but store up the riches in heaven the joy the peace the working for christ remember we're working for a crown some people are gonna have stuff in heaven and some people ain't <laughs> and that's a fact some of us are understand that we're doing work for god we're doing God's work as it were, where God is using us in that work. So, you know, don't give your attention to, you know, those or people or things or situations that are sort of gnashing at you. The battle is not yours. It is the Lord's. And it says that in 2 Chronicles 20 and 15. Everybody knows that scripture, you know. It's not that we war against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and wickednesses of the darkness of this world. So you're not fighting against your neighbor. It's not the lady that works on the cubicle ahead of you. It's, it's, it's not your business partner. It's, it's not your mother-in-law. These are not your enemies. These are people that are being used. These are people who are acting in such a way, but it is something greater that is causing that. And so the Bible tells us that to suffer for Christ, for his sake, is righteousness. He accounts it to us for righteousness. And it says that in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14. Let's go ahead and read that. I think that's a really important scripture to read. So it says in 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, But, and if, you suffer for righteousness' sake, happy are you. And be not afraid of their terror, neither be troubled. And I'm going to read down to 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Going to 16, having a good conscience that whereas they speak evil of you as of evildoers, they may be ashamed that falsely accuse your good conversation in Christ. For it is better, if the will of God be so, that you suffer for well-doing than for evil-doing. This is something that's hard for us to, to kind of do. I didn't do anything wrong. I, I, I'm not anything, I didn't do anything bad. I want you to understand, think about what Christ did. He, the only thing Jesus Christ ever did coming down to earth 
was help people, heal people, feed people. And there are people who hate him <laughs> to the core of their being, you know. And, and I have nothing to say of any other deities in any other religions, but I don't know of other deities that were out feeding people bread and healing people and doing everything. But people have nothing bad to say about them, but they have everything bad to say about Christ. And he was out there feeding people. He didn't do anything wrong. So he suffered for wrongdoing that he did not do. He suffered out for our sins. So it's important for us to understand what it means to do that. You're not actually a part of the equation in a sense when you suffer for wrongdoing that you didn't do. You were kind of like a proxy, you know, you're there. And the, the Bible says the Lord will, of course, you know, pay back the evildoers and all this, but you're kind of a proxy. You're there, you know, of course, you may be having some issues, but you're sort of there and they're having an issue with God. It's God's battle. It's God's righteousness. It's what he is doing. You know, it's his work. And the Lord's work is his. It is his to do and that he works the will to do. That's in Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. I think that's a really important verse. And I remember that all the time, you know, as a believer. We have to remember that it is Christ. It is Christ who does it. And... We have to have the courage to understand that even though you might come up against something pretty bad or you might struggle or you know maybe someone is doing something or whatever it may be, I don't know. You have to understand that God is with you. And the Bible says in John 14 verse one, let not your heart be troubled. He says, let not your heart be troubled. You know, he, he's saying he's giving us his peace. You know, he says, my peace I give unto you. If you look in John chapter 14, and that's in verse 27, you see he's telling you that he's going to give you his peace. He tells you that there will be trouble in the world. He tells you also that he overcomes the world. So it's important for us to understand that God is going to overcome and that he has already overcome actually, and that the thief comes to steal and to kill and to destroy. To destroy what? Your peace your joy, your obedience in Christ. Because sometimes we want to act, we want to do something, we want to retaliate back and hurt others who try to hurt us or who hurt us or do something bad to us. We want to strike back. And that's where that scripture comes in. And I know a lot of people hate this verse, but I'm gonna read it anyway, actually. You know, actually I'm gonna bring it up. But a verse that talks about turning the other cheek in Matthew chapter five, verse 38. Well, God isn't telling you to let people beat you up. He's not really saying that. What he's saying is don't respond in flesh. Don't respond out of the negative. He says it's okay to be angry. He says be angry but sin not. I think we forget that. It's okay to do make actions and do things to, you know, stop people who are doing bad and to defend yourself and things of that nature. But he's saying don't walk in the flesh. He's not telling you to per se just turn that other cheek. What he's saying is don't respond in the flesh. And what is in the flesh? We learn what's in the flesh. It's no good thing, you know. And it's okay to be angry, but do not sin. These are things that we have to understand. And, you know, like I said before, you know, when you live in a country that is not your own, 
or you stay there or you spend some time or you visit, you'll hear things happening on the news. People will be excited about certain things. You know, maybe they might think certain things you're doing, you're doing is really unusual or wild, but it really means nothing to you because that's not your, that's not your culture. That's not what you've grown up with. That's, that means it doesn't really mean too much to you. It doesn't mean that you're going to disrespect them. No, but what it does mean is, is that what they experience, what is important to them is not important to you. It really doesn't matter. Some, in some cases, it really doesn't matter to you. It really doesn't. It's, is it because you're cruel and flippant? You don't care? No, it's just because this isn't your place. This isn't where you live. This isn't your home. And that's the thing that God is telling us as believers here on earth. Yeah, you might live here. You know, you might go to work here. You might have kids and you might do things and so forth. But this isn't your home. This is your final destination. That's why you're not supposed to just be battling it out. For some people, they feel this is it. And so that is why, you know, they do so many things. That's why people engage in certain kinds of you know, things, because this is the best that they feel it's going to get. But you know better than that. God has a place for you. He's prepared a place for you. He is preparing greater things and wonderful things for you. And the Bible says that a believer, a believer, think about this, a believer is like the wind. You can feel it, but you don't know where it's going or where it came from. So a lot of times people don't understand. They're not going to understand you. They're not going to understand what you're doing, where you're going, why you're doing what you're doing. But that's because you follow a different kind of guide. You have an allegiance to a different nation. You move different. You think different. You think like the kingdom. And the Bible actually says, and I thought this was really powerful. I was reading a scripture and I was meditating on it recently and it talked about how that the kingdom of God cannot be seen by those unless they are born again. There's actually a scripture that says that unless you are born again you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't just mean you cannot experience it or go there. It means you literally can't see it with your eyes. You don't know that it exists. You don't know that God is moving in different areas and making things happen in people's lives, that he's the author and finisher of races. You don't know that he's the puppet master. There's no thing or no one who has gotten out of hand. And because other people don't know that, they act in certain ways. They don't understand why you act in the way that you do as a believer. It is not for you to explain this to people. Why? Why shouldn't you explain it to your aunt or to your mother-in-law? I mean, of course you can witness to people, but trying to explain that kingdom really, trying to explain why you do what you do and the Lord and I, the reason you can't is because unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of heaven. They can't see it even if they tried. And even if you try to explain it, that's why it's kind of futile for unbelievers to just kind of sit in church. And, you know, I know certain people believe certain things about church. They believe like oh, it's okay for unbelievers to come and just, but they can't really understand it. They're applying it in all kinds of ways. I, I've heard people quote scriptures to me 
while doing some of the most heinous things <laughs> or the most crazy i won't say heinous i'll say crazy and wicked things and that's because they are a unbeliever who really doesn't even understand what that scripture means and you have to be born again before any of it makes sense before any of the scriptures and any of the verses and any of the lifestyle makes sense and that is why you should not be entangled into this world you are born again so you don't entangle yourself into the affairs here you don't entangle yourself you let some things go because you know what it really doesn't matter where you're going. It really doesn't matter. And so I hope that you will have the courage to let go of some of the contingencies in your life that really don't matter. God is going to get things straight. He's going to put things in order. He's God. I want to thank you guys so much for tuning in. And I pray that God blesses you and enriches you and enriches this word in your life. God bless you. Bye.